0: Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeats.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. Welcome back, everybody, to another fantastic episode of Murphs Boston Sports Talk, episode number 112, and what a fantastic weekend we had here in New England. Great games all around the NFL in terms of playoff games. First off, that Raiders-Bengals game was a killer, and then you have the Bucks beating up on the Eagles, Brady kind of getting his revenge on Philadelphia, which was fantastic to see. Then you have the 49ers upsetting the Dallas Cowboys and of course you have the Chiefs decimating the Steelers but let's not forget that fantastic Buffalo Bills versus New England Patriots game we saw on Saturday night how fantastic that game was on all fronts offense special teams and defense I hope you guys know I'm kidding this weekend was terrible. Actually, everything I did say about the NFL in terms of, you know, the games that I already mentioned were fantastic games. Do not get me wrong. But does that really matter when your team gives up 47 points? Your defense doesn't even get a stop. Before, before I indulge into the atrocity that we saw on Saturday, let me get the pleasantries out of the way how is everyone doing I hope you had a fantastic weekend this past weekend thank you so much for clicking on this video thank you so much for downloading listening and enjoying hopefully you have a fantastic week planned up ahead between now and the next time I record Murph's Boston Sports Talk it doesn't feel like winter today it was like 45 degrees out it feels like spring is spring coming a little early You know what, at the cost of the Patriots losing horrifically in the first round, I'll take it because what weather we did have over the weekend and towards the tail end of last week, that bitter, bitter 10 degrees, 12 degrees nonsense, I'm all set with and I'm sure a lot of people here can agree with me on that. I don't know who likes this cold, it sure as hell not me, but yes, hopefully you did have a fantastic weekend and you have great things planned ahead for this week. Unfortunately, our New England Patriots are eliminated from the playoffs, so now we can just sit back and relax and enjoy the games for what they are. Like, I was able to sit back and enjoy uh, Tom Brady, eliminate the Philadelphia Eagles. I was able to sit back and watch a killer of a game between the 49ers and the Cowboys. That was actually really exciting to watch. And instead of watching the Chiefs win against the Steelers, I decided to watch the Eternals last night because now that is on. Disney Plus, so I was able to watch that, and it was a good movie. But we're, you're not here for my movie breakdown. Maybe that's Sorry, I'm putting chapstick on. Maybe that's for a different you know time. Maybe you know I can indulge you in some movie reviews. But whatever, I'm I'm delaying the inevitable. Okay, all right, y- you caught me. I'm delaying the inevitable in terms of talking about the New England Patriots. Obviously, there's good things and bad things to take away. Now the good things, obviously are outweighed by the bad things. So I think I want to start with the good things first, because I feel like that conversation is going to be a little bit shorter than the bad things that we saw from Saturday night. Now, in all due fairness, I offer you this warning of buckling up. Because I don't know how long this podcast episode is going to go. I don't know what else I'm going to be talking about today besides this wildcard game. Because there's so much to talk about, not just because it was a playoff game, not just because they lost, those two things considered, along with Mac Jones we need to talk about, the defense we need to talk about, the wide receiving corps that we need to talk about. There's so much to talk about. And I honestly kind of saved this episode for this game's reaction breakdown, whether it was win or lose so please bear with me i'm going on a mega rant sit down buckle up grab some popcorn grab yourself an ice cold beverage whatever you got to do because there's a lot of shit that we need to talk about in this and like i said if I, i thank you so much for downloading listening enjoying and if you're watching this on youtube thank you so much for clicking on the video please smash the thumbs up subscribe to the channel if you're new and because this is going to be a crazy one all right so the good thing The good. Mac Jones was able to get a playoff game under his belt. Right? That is literally the foundation of the New England Patriots. The playoffs. Playoffs or bust. Super Bowl or bust. Having a rookie quarterback lead you to the playoffs. Unfortunately, it was a loss. However, you were still able to get there, which is obviously the benefit of this season is getting Mac Jones into the playoffs. Especially in a hostile environment where he's able to feel the negative energy, the hostility of Bills Mafia. And he was able to somewhat perform in the inclement weather, in the hostile environment. That's a good thing to take away. In addition to that, Mac Jones was able to go 24 for 38. 232 yards, two touchdowns, and two picks. The first pick, that pick by Micah Hyde in the end zone on uh, Jones' deep ball. What a Ball, first of all, that was a touchdown if Micah Hyde doesn't come from left field and just track it down. What a fantastic play. You have to give Micah Hyde all the credit in the world for that because that was a tremendous play and really, really, that was a momentum shift right there. That changed the momentum of the game. If it wasn't for that play, could things have turned out differently? Say the Patriots got a touchdown there. 7-7, then what? Well, who knows? You're not down 20, 20 to nothing. You're not down 26 to nothing, whatever the hell it, it eventually got to. But it'd give you some points on your first drive, which was crucial. However, I digress. The good. You scored 17 total points. Now, throughout the course of the entire week last week, everyone was spec- speculating a low-scoring game. Deservingly so. Both teams played good defense, Both teams are going to be in an inclement weathered game. Both teams are somewhat used to this weather. However, when it's almost zero degrees, it's kind of hard to prepare for that. Mentally, physically, emotionally. But the Patriots were able to put up 17 points in that kind of weather. In that kind of a game. And the funny thing is, 17 points should have been enough to win. Now, I didn't give no final score prediction. I didn't ask anyone for a final score prediction. But 17 points should have been enough to win this game. It should have. three, uh, Two touchdowns and a field goal. If your defense is that good, if your offense is that good, to be able to keep the ball, run the ball, and still walk away with 17 points while your defense is good enough to only allow less than 17 points in the inclement weather in the hostile environment, going according to your game plan, your script, with the players you have in the system, and the scheme that you have, being coached the way that you're coached, 17 points should have been enough. Now, I know people were saying, oh, you know, 14 to 10, 17, 14, maybe 20 to 17, around that ballpark. But all things considered, 17 points should have been able to win you the game. Now, it clearly didn't. And if you lose by a score of 23 to 17, so be it. So be it. But you got your ass torched by 30 by giving them 47 points? I'm not going to go there yet. I'm not going to go to the bad just yet. I'm going to stick with the good because I'm a positive person, glass half full kind of guy. Another good. Kendrick Bourne, Mac Jones. They gave you 110% effort from the first kickoff to the final whistle. Kendrick Bourne has clearly emerged as one of, if not, Mac Jones' favorite target alongside Hunter Henry and Jacoby Myers. And that's a great foundation for just about all the new... I mean, Jacoby Myers has been here for a couple years, but for all these new guys... Going into next year. Great foundation. But Kendrick Bourne and Mac Jones specifically played their ass off. They played with their heart on their sleeves the entire game. Something you cannot say about everyone else. You cannot say that about everybody else on that team. You could maybe say Jacoby Myers put out a lot of effort. but That's really it, guys. That's really it. So I give them props. It's really good to see from your rookie quarterback. You know, Kendrick Bourne's, you know been in the league a few years with the 49ers. He's kind of a veteran now. But it's still his first year, so it's good to sh- uh, see that kind of leadership from him. Mac Jones, it's good to see that leadership from a rookie. To be like, so what if we're down by 37 points? So let's go out and put a, uh, you know, a touchdown on this drive. Let's go do it. And he does it. Now, obviously, you know, the Bills were... Probably weren't really playing that hard at that point. But still, to have a rookie quarterback give you that kind of effort in that kind of condition, not just weather, but in the game condition being down 37 points at that time, is promising. It's a very good, good takeaway. And the last thing I want to say, the last good thing, is there was times where the Patriots were shown were showing us that they could move the ball. It was very far and few between because I know the Patriots punted a bunch of times. And I know that there was a couple turnovers. I know that there were some drives that just stalled out. But still, first drive. Yeah, there were some penalties. There were some flags. But you had some nice completions. Yes, there were some drops. And then that first drive ultimately resulted in a turnover. But you were able to move the ball a little bit. And you were able to move the ball a little bit throughout the course of the night. You weren't able to capitalize, obviously. But you just weren't going three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. Which I'm kind of, you know, scraping for scraps here. But when you get torched by 30 and you almost give up 50, you kind of have to in terms of the good. Let's talk about the bad, okay? The defense. All right, I'll catch you guys in the next one. I'm just kidding. The defense. I'm, I'm, I'm serious about that, but, you know, kidding about ending the episode. The defense was awful. You, me, little Timmy, and, I don't know, the, the girl you have a crush on or the guy you have a crush on that never picked up a football before could have went out there and played quarterback for the Buffalo Bills and still won that game. I'm not even kidding. The Buffalo Bills on offense could do whatever they wanted. Whatever they wanted. Josh Allen threw for more touchdowns, five, than he had in completions with only four. Josh Allen ran for six, uh, six times with 66 yards. Devin Singletary ran 16 times for 81 yards and two touchdowns. Meanwhile, Josh Allen was 21-25 of 25 for 308 yards. Like I said, five touchdowns, no picks. Every single drive that the Buffalo Bills had resulted in, in a touchdown, one way or the other. The Buffalo Bills did not punt, kick a three-point field goal, throw an interception, or have a fumble. So when you look at this game and you lose 47-17 to and you're bashing your rookie quarterback for not winning you this game, Albeit he did throw 320, uh, 232 yards, excuse me, two touchdowns, two picks, 24 for 38. Did he look great? No. Did he look bad? No. But you're going to tell me that he's not a good quarterback? He can't go out there and play middle linebacker. He can't go out there and play your second cornerback. This man's only the quarterback. He can only throw the ball. And actually, he was able to run a little bit. And, you know, two carries, 18 yards, picking up a couple first downs. It is not Mac Jones' fault the Patriots lost this game. Could he have done different things to help put them in a better position? Sure. Yeah. You know, those two interceptions are two possessions you're giving the Buffalo Bills. Okay, sure. But when your defense, when your defense goes on the field and cannot record a single stop, no matter what the situation is, that is downright embarrassing. The entire defense should be traded, with the exception of J.C. Jackson. I mean, he didn't play that well either, but I mean, he's still the be- one of the best cornerbacks in this league. He is your best cornerback on your team. But come on, how can you not stop this Bills team one time? Like I said, if you're going to lose this game, I said this on Friday, if you're going to lose this game, lose because you were out-coached, out-schemed, you lost because the Bills were just a better team, and all three of those things were true. However, even teams that lose still find a way to get a stop on third down, still find a way to maybe force a punt, or even a damn field goal. The Buffalo Bills didn't have to do any of that. They got the ball wherever they got the ball. And every single drive resulted in a touchdown. If you think Mac Jones lost us this game, you watched a completely different game. Mac Jones could have went toe for toe with Josh Allen, putting up 40-something points himself. But the Bills were going to win this game regardless because the Bills showed that they could stop the New England offense and Mac Jones. The Patriots defense showed they could not stop Josh Allen in the Buffalo Bills offense. Simply could not stop them. Absolutely could not stop them. I'm telling you, you, me, anybody else could have been quarterback and we would have won that game. That defense was atrocious. Matthew Judon, didn't show up. Um, David Gotchow didn't show up. Christian Barmore, no show. Chase Winovich, I don't know what his deal is. I mean, he's been on and off the field all year, so I don't know if it's playing time, but he didn't show up, obviously. Hightower, McCourty, J.C. Jackson, um, Jalen Mills, they didn't show up. Adrian Phillips, no show. Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins. Veterans, these are veterans on your team. Like I said, if you're going to lose, lose because they played better and you were just outright beat. Don't lose because you got embarrassed. And that is what happened alongside being beaten by a better team. McCordy, Hightower, Van Noy, Collins, Judon, Phillips, Jalen Mills, you can even throw J.C. Jackson in there. These veteran guys. These are veterans of your team. Most of those names I've mentioned have been here for a long time. McCordy and Hightower have been here for over a decade. Van Noy's been here for a combined four years. Collins on his third stint with the team. This team, this defense I should say, got flat out embarrassed. This defense got reworked over the offseason, bringing in Matthew Judon, bringing in David Gonshaw, drafting Christian Barmore, getting Dante Hightower back from COVID, signing Jalen Mills, bringing back Adrian Phillips. And everyone, everyone was really hyped up about this defense. And throughout the majority of the season, You were able to prove you were a top 5, top 10, at times a top 3 defense. Where was that? Towards the tail end of the season and on Saturday. Now, I know Dante Hightower and Devin McCourty are going to be free agents. I love those two guys with a burning passion. They are the embodiment of a Patriot. But what are we going to do about what we saw? Because those two, you know, I'm going to throw Matthew Judon in there. I know he's this is his first year here, but he was electric through like the first 12, 13 games of the season, and then he's absolutely been washed ever since. But what are we going to do? We're, we can't run the same group back. We're too slow. We're not fast. We're weak. We're not strong. We should have the IQ, but we clearly don't. And if you're going to lose by getting some stops, maybe you lost 30-17, to 17, fine. Now we can look at the off season and be like, what are our glaring needs? A second cornerback and a number one wide receiver. But now, after the way the season unfolded towards the end, you'll look at your roster and be like, we need a whole new defense again. We need speed. We need strength. We need youth. We need quickness. We need size. Meanwhile, you need a number one wide receiver on offense. Offensive line, I think we'll be okay. Your running back room is going to be good. You know, Kendrick Bourne's nice. Jacoby Myers is cool. Hunter Henry, good. What about Jonu Smith? Nelson Aguilar? Ugh. You need a number one wide receiver. But that's clearly a conversation for a different day clearly a conversation for a different day because your defense you need a edge rusher you need a you need like multiple linebackers you need multiple cornerbacks and you'll probably need a new safety what do we do to fix this team if you're the gm of the new england patriots i'd probably rather trust you than bill belichick honestly because as a gm as a GM, Bill Belichick has significantly, significantly drafted poor and poor and poor players. Now, Mac Jones may be an exception because he's a quarterback. And honestly, that may not have even been his pick. That could have been a craft pick. Who knows? But it's just a proven fact that time and time again, Bill Belichick cannot draft young players. He cannot draft talent. I mean, Nikhil Harry, for instance. Nikhil Harry was drafted ahead of Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown. Like, come on. Come on. Like, if it was just Debo Samuel and you had your choice between one of the two and you picked Harry and you just missed on the wrong guy, so be it. But there were three, four guys after Nikhil Harry. What are we doing? Joe Williams at pick 45 in uh, 2019. He sucks. We saw a great showing of him towards the back half of the season. And he clearly isn't panning out. I'm going to go through. I don't know. We could do this exercise all the way dating back to probably like 2007. But let's just – until I get bored, I guess, of doing this. Um, obviously, it's really tough to judge 2021 because we haven't seen enough of them yet. So let's just start with 2020. Kyle Duggar, Josh Uche, Anthony Jennings, Devin Asiasi, Dalton Keene, Justin Rohrwasher, Michael Onwenu, Justin Heron, Cash Maloui, or Malua and Dustin Woodard. I think Dustin Woodard retired, like, after he got drafted. I'm pretty sure. Uh Roar Washer's not even on the team anymore. Don Keen uh had an injury, but he sucks. Devin Asiasi was healthy scratches all year long. Uh Anthony Jennings had a lot of potential this year, got injured. Uche, same thing. Kyle Duggar got injured towards the end of the season. But Michael Anwenu and Justin Heron, probably your two best draft picks outside of Kyle Duggar. And they came in the sixth round. 2019, Nikhil Harry, Jawan Williams, Chase Winovich, Damian Harris, Yadnikajust, Kajust, uh, Hjalte Froholt, Jarrett Stidham, Byron Cowart, Jake Bailey, Ken Webster. Harry's a bust. Williams is a bust. Winovich has looked good, but I I don't know what his deal is. Uh, Damian Harris, that's a hit. Jake Bailey's a hit. Just those two guys. And Harris is the third, and Jake Bailey is a punter in the fifth. All right, I'll only do this uh, a couple a couple more years, I promise. Isaiah wins, Sony Michelle, Duke Dawson, Jawan Bentley, Christian, Sam, Braxton, Berrios, Danny Etling, Keon Crossan, and Ryan Izzo. Isaiah wins a hit. Sony Michelle, he's been good, but he wasn't worth his spot. Not even on the team anymore. Duke Dawson, no. Jawan Bentley has been pretty solid. Uh, Christian Sam's not even on the team. Baxton is not even on the team anymore. Danny Etlin not on the team. Keon Cross, goodbye. And Ryan Izzo. See you later. Okay. Derek Rivers, Antonio Garcia, Dietrich Wise, and Connor McDermott all in 2017. Those are your only four picks. Nope, nope, nope. Actually, Dietrich Wise has been good. So, no, no, yes, no. Dietrich Wise was in the fourth round. Let me do this until 2015 so i got two more drafts. Cyrus Jones, Joe Thuney, Jacoby Brissett, Vincent Valentine, Malcolm Mitchell, Camus Kruger Hill, Landon Roberts, Ted Karras, and Devin Lucin. Cyrus Jones, no. He should have been. Uh, you know, came from Alabama, nice cornerback, punt returner, too. Just muffed the ball too much. Is he even still in the league anymore? That's a good question. Is he still in the league? He is not. He was with the Ravens, which I did know that was a couple years ago. Interesting. Okay, let's get back to the – of course, it's not going to – come on. Uh, Okay, here we go. Uh, Let's scroll back down. Cyrus Jones, Joe Thune, Jacoby Brissett, Vincent Valentine, Malcolm Mitchell, Camu Gruger-Hill, Landon Roberts, Ted Karras, and Devin Lucian. I don't even know if Gruger-Hill is even on the team. I don't think he is. Actually, let me check and see if he's on the team. He's not even on the team anymore. He's with the the, uh, the Astros. Wow. The, the Texans. Uh, okay. Okay. Wow. Football used to have so many rounds back in the day. All right. Hold on. I need to scroll all the way back up to the current year. All right. Um, Cyrus Jones bust. Joe Tooney was a hit, even though he's not with the team anymore, but he's still a hit. Jacoby Brissett. I mean... I don't think you needed to take him in the third round, so I'm going to say bust. Vincent Valentine, bust. Malcolm Mitchell was a hit his rookie season. Then he got injured and he could just never rebound. Could never rebound. So that was a pick that had a ton of potential, but it failed. Gruger Hill, no. Landon Roberts, sixth-round linebacker. I'm going to say that was a hit. I know he's not with the team anymore. He's with the Dolphins, but in the sixth round, he was a really good special teamer. Plus, he played a little fullback, uh, what was it, a couple years ago. I'll take it. Ted Karras, 6 rounds, uh guard, center. I'd say that's a hit, especially where he's on your offensive line now. And Devin Lucin, who never saw the light of day. And then 2015. This one may have been Bill Belichick's last good draft. Malcolm Brown in the first round, Jordan Richards second round, Gino Grissom in the third, Trey Flowers in the fourth, Trey Jackson in the fourth, Jack Mason in the fourth, Joe Cardona in the fifth, Matthew Wells in the sixth, A.J. Derby in the sixth, Dow Roberts in the seventh, Xavier Dixon in the seventh. I only say this is his last good one because Malcolm Brown was actually pretty solid nose tackle. You got Trey Flowers out of that draft in the fourth round, you got Shaq Mason in the fourth round, and you got Joe Cardona in the fifth round. Not the high, the greatest of names. Shaq Mason's still on your team. Obviously, he's a staple on your line. Joe Cardona's been your long snapper ever since. And Malcolm Brown's not even on your team anymore, and neither is Trey Flowers. But that's just how bad Bill Belichick's drafting has been. Jordan Richards, not even on the team anymore. Hasn't been for a long time. Geno Grissom, no. Trey Flowers, No. Trey Jackson, no. Uh, Mason and Cardona, yes. Matthew Wells, I don't even think he made the team out of camp. A.J. Derby, nope. Dowell Roberts, nope. And Xavier Dixon, nope, along with Malcolm Brown, your first-round pick, no. The point of that exercise, the point of that exercise is Bill Belichick can not draft out of, what was it, 2015, two, three, four, five, six, seven 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 drafts. Here are your hits. I'm going to exclude 2021 because that's yet to be proven. There could be some no's that are yeses. There could be yeses that are ends up no's. So let's just start with 2020. Duggar, yes. Um, Onwenu, yes. Probably it. Uh, uh, Damien Harris, yes. Uh, Jake Bailey, yes. Okay, Isaiah Wynn, yes. Jawan Bentley, for a fifth rounder, yeah. Okay, that's it. Uh, Dietrich Wise in 2017, sure. Joe Tooney, 2016, yes. Landon Roberts and Ted Karras in 2016, yes. And Trey Flowers, yes, he was fantastic, although he left. Yes, Shaq Mason, yes. Joe Cardona, yes. So is that 13? 13 hits and I don't even know how many selections. One, two, three, four, five. I don't even want to count how many selections, but six years of drafting. You have 13 hits and you had I'm going to count how many draft picks. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. 20 picks in, 20 and tw- in 2019. 20. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 29, 30. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 40. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 50, 1, 2, 3, 53 draft selections from 2015 to 2020, and you hit on 13 of them. Now, I understand, I understand not every draft pick is going to be a success. I understand that. I understand you're going to have some bust early on, you're taking some lottery tickets on guys in the later end. But honestly, your later end drafting has honestly panned out better than your early round drafting. That's just a fact. I mean, the reason why the Patriots were at one time, I don't know where they are now, at one time with the oldest team in the NFL, I think it was during their Their Super Bowl runs, you know, between 2014 and like 2018, when they most recently won, I want to say it was like that Eagles Super Bowl or even the Rams Super Bowl. Uh, They were like the oldest team. They were the oldest team by average age, like 31 or something. You want to know why? It's because Bill Belichick needs to keep these veterans on his team because he's—they're the best that they have. Devin McCourty's been on this team for over a decade, and so has in Hightower. Theoretically. As much as I love them, and it pains me to say this, theoretically, those guys should have already been gone. I mean, Bill Belichick has let go of Ty Law, Willie McGinnis, Lawyer Malloy, Richard Seymour, Vince Wilfork. I could go on and on because they were on the wrong side of 30, and he didn't want to have the age on his team. Meanwhile, he can have someone younger, just as good, or almost there, coached up to be just as good or better. However, due to the poor drafting of Bill Belichick in the Patriots, he's had to keep Devin McCourty. He's had to keep Hightower. Bring back Van Noy. Bring back Jamie Collins. Go out and give Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Jonu Smith, and Hunter Henry all this money to bring him in, Matthew Judon even. He had to go out and buy a team because he knows he can't draft. Time and time again, we have seen him fail in the draft. And the Patriots are struggling long-term because of it. They are significantly struggling because of it. I mean... Like I said, I know you're not going to hit on every single pick. I know that. But fifty—what what is that percentage? What is that percentage? That is a 24%. One in every four picks he's hitting on. Like I said, I don't expect him to hit every pick. But the last first-round pick besides Mac Jones was Isaiah Wynn in 2018. And I couldn't even tell you again. Chandler Jones and Dante Hightower in 2012? Chandler Jones is not even on this team anymore. Hightower is still here. But still, when was the last time you hit on a second-round pick? Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, actually, I'm actually kind of curious now. Uh, Christian Barma we have yet to see. Um, yeah, Joe Tooney was in the third round. So, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo was the last time you hit on a second-round pick. And the year before that, you had Jamie Collins. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This team... So, circling back to my point. Let's circle back to my main point here. This team needs help moving forward. One way or the other. They're going to need help. Where is that help going to come from? Well, right now, you have... Mac Jones, he's your quarterback. You have a good running game between Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, Brandon Bolden showed that he could play a little bit, and obviously you're going to get uh, James White back next year. You have a nice little receiving group. Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Henry. That's a nice little group. Jono Smith is supposed to be in there, but what the hell did he do this year? Nothing. Nelson Aguilar, I didn't like the pick at the beginning of the season, I still don't. Or the, or the signing, I should say. You need to bring in a number one receiver. And Belichick clearly can't draft that. Clearly cannot draft that. And we could go over all the wide receivers he's drafted. And they've all sucked. Quickly. Quickly, quickly, I want to do it. Um, Nikhil Harry, bust. Uh, let's see. Trey Nixon, I think he's on the practice squad all season. So it's tough to see. He was in 2021. Uh, Nikhil Harry in 2019. Braxton Berry was not even on the team anymore. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Devin Lucian didn't even make the team in 2016. Uh, Wide receiver Jeremy Gallen didn't even make the team in 2014. Josh Boyce and Aaron Dobson in 2013. Nope. Let's see, Jeremy Ebert in 2012? No. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Taylor Price in 2010? No, <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm, I'm just trying to find out a uh, Brandon Tate in 20 uh, 2009. No, Julian Edelman in 2009. Julian Edelman in 2009. And oh, you know what? I'm not even gonna count Julian Edelman. You want to know why? Because he was a quarterback in college. He didn't even come out as a wide receiver. He was a quarterback. I'm not counting Julian Edelman. He turned out to be a fantastic wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. But he doesn't count because he was a quarterback in college uh let's see let's see matthew slater in 20 in 2008 but he's a special teamer so he doesn't really count either uh chad jackson in 2006 no i mean pk sam in 2004 no bethel johnson in 2003 no uh deon branch 2002 oh and david gibbons also in 2002 those are the last time you drafted a good wide receiver. It was in 2002. 2002. I'm going to say it a thousand times. 2002 was the last time you drafted a good wide receiver, and you just happened to draft two of them. I mean, holy smoke, the drafting by Belichick back then in the early years of the dynasty was so much better. so much better than it is now. Oh, man. Oh, man. you need this team is going to need significant help moving forward, offensively and defensively. You're gonna have to go out and either trade or sign a number one receiver. I've heard Calvin Ridley in the news. Because of you know his mental health issue with the Atlanta Falcons. Not that there should be a reason for the Falcons to trade him or a reason for you to trade him. But maybe they're just sick of him. They want to kind of hit the reset button. Matthew Ryan's aging. Uh, Matthew Matt Ryan. That was weird. Yes, they have Kyle Pitts. Maybe, but I don't know why they would get rid of Calvin Ridley. Maybe just because they disappointed, he disappointed them this year. But that shouldn't go against Calvin Ridley if he's taking time to focus on his mental health. Oh, man. You're gonna to have to draft. You got the 21st pick, I believe, in the draft this year. I think it's official, the 21st pick. Obviously, we're gonna get into some uh, NFL drafting and some mock drafts, kind of like what we did last year. As we get closer and closer to that, once we exit the Super Bowl and find out who wins Super Bowl 56. But oh my goodness, I I really hope you enjoyed a 30. What do we have? 38 minutes now, 39 minutes of me ranting about this team and if you didn't I'm sorry if you didn't like my opinion I'm sorry if you didn't like my perspective my point of view I'm sorry let me know in the comment section below if you're watching on YouTube or reach out to me via social media at Merce Cartown your thoughts opinions comments and concerns because these are all mine and you can feel my frustration you can sense my anger through this microphone into your headphones or your speaker you can sense it and you can feel it and what i said i don't think is wrong i don't i mean it, it seems right from my point of view it seems right because what we saw on saturday like i said if you're going to lose 24 to 17 then fine lose 24 to 17 but the fact that the past month and a half ever since that bills on bills win on monday was it monday yeah monday night That first Bills win, you have lost every single game except to the Jacksonville Jaguars, which I still don't even think counts as an actual win. It was a very frustrating, sad, disappointing result ending. Resulting ending to this season. It really was. A lot of people had a lot of hope. Expectations were high. Feeling good about this team. Deservingly so. Deservingly so. At the end of the day, Mac Jones is a rookie. The Patriots themselves overachieved. And we just need to be better. And I pray that Bill Belichick will fix this team. He's going to have to. He's going to have to. You guys know how I feel about him as the GM. You guys know how I feel about that. But when it comes to head coaching, we might have to reevaluate that soon, his head coaching job. We might have to. I'm not saying we do right now. I'm just saying it might have to get to that point where you just need a different mind, a different voice, a different philosophy and outlook other than Bill Belichick's. But that's going to wrap it up for this one. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying on all audio only platforms. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, thank you so much for clicking on the video. Like the video if you enjoyed it, and also hit that giant red subscribe button if you're new to the channel or have not considered subscribing yet. I really appreciate everyone for listening to my 40 plus minute rant about the New England Patriots. I will catch you in the next one, but between now and then, you guys know that I love you, and I will always always see you.